Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast, back again for another season to bring you the inside word on all things Perth Wildcats. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now and the West, and I'm very thrilled to once again welcome back my co-host for another NBL season, Perth Wildcats Vice-Captain, three-time NBL champion, and as we saw at the weekend, a three-point dagger deliverer, <laughs> Mr. Greg Hire. Greg, thanks for coming back for another season. Mate, I've been uh, pumped. It's been a quite a lengthy off-season, obviously quite a few roster changes, and I've just been counting down the days to uh, to get back on this fantastic podcast. I've been inundated with requests and messages of support and people on Twitter asking me if we were coming back for another season. Um, obviously, we're one of the highest ranking podcasts in Australia, yep. so I said, yeah, obviously it's a no-brainer. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, the day has finally arrived. I mean, obviously, I've been out of the country for about three yes, weeks, so yes. finally... Plenty to talk about. Uh, first round of it, the NBL finally done and dusted. And, uh, yeah, we can get into some, some Wildcats talk and some banter. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to, to run some dirt on some of my teammates. Yes, and there will be plenty <laughs> of that. We will get to that. Uh, first things first, we've got lots to catch up on. Mm. You've added a family member since we last spoke. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, little little Finley uh, Mac Hire. So got a, a pigeon pair at the moment. So actually about to celebrate my uh, son's second birthday next Monday and okay. she's just going to turn four months so um, you know the last three weeks haven't been the kindest to my wife she's done an absolutely tremendous job uh, I've come back into the fold with both kids just absolutely obsessed with me and I've just <laughs> reaped the rewards of being away um, but it's been absolutely amazing I mean um, more so with a girl it's really challenged um, I guess my philosophy and, and ideologies around guess equality around women and sport and all that sort of stuff and and trying to provide the same opportunities that yeah definitely that guys get and and hopefully provide the same opportunities that my daughter will will go when she grows older so it's it's crazy what that when once that happens once the birth of a a child and you know you get your, your own kid how it really challenges your your values in life but it's been an unreal um, few months we've been very very lucky touch wood that she sleeps amazingly she <laughs> sleeps from 6.30 to 6.30 and, right. um, and unfortunately because our little fella is uh quite a handful and he's walking and talking and doing all that well, he thinks he's talking yeah. he uh Really, is he, is he terrible twos now? Nah, he's not, uh, even, not nah, even there. Good. I mean, like the other day, he tried to, I'd, you know, he, he wanted to watch cars with me, and you know, I only give him a few minutes here and there of TV time, and I turned it off, and he tried to have a little bit of a, a sook, and I sort of just laughed, and he laughed knowing <laughs> that it wasn't working. So, in saying that, because you know, we've we've doing as I told you before, we're doing some home renos, and he's eager going outside, playing for dogs, doing all that sort of stuff. I look around and, and Finley's, you know, rolling over, doing some pretty you know, amazing things yep. at, at her age. But unfortunately, I don't get to celebrate it because I'm making sure the two-year-old isn't jumping off, <laughs> you know, ledges and doing all that sort of stuff. So it's uh, it's been uh, a hectic sort of time, um, but yeah, absolutely loving it. At least, uh, at least Sally was excited to have you back. Damien <laughs> Martin was saying that... Um, his wife asked yep. Maggie, Brittany his daughter, Maggie. Yeah. Um, said, uh, where's daddy at the moment when you guys were at the States? And his yeah. response, uh, sorry, her response was basketball with Bryce because Bryce Cotton's <laughs> her favourite player and then dad's so, just... Funny, you know, Damo, came, Damo came over the other night and, uh, and uh, you know, 
in saying that, like I mean, sleep deprivation's uh, not a kind of thing. And um, the other night, two nights ago, Sally woke up in the middle of the night and sort of actually asked for me first thing, and and that rarely ever happens. So he got brought into the room and he was snuggled into my chest, and I sort of was like, oh, well, I'll take this moment. Like you don't get it often, and really embraced it. And so the next day, Damo came along, and I told him, oh yeah, Sally's a bit, you know, bit maybe a bit knackered over time, but you know, I'll take that. Like it's not that bad. And Damo goes, how does that feel? Like because I had the same feeling but literally I woke up and I was by myself in my part of the bed and then there was Maggie and Brittany just hugging each other and so there's, I'm not sure if she there's a real love or even just hate-hate relationship with Maggie and Damo but yeah. Hey, he's bringing the bring the his main breadwinner of the family, so he's doing something right, surely. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he's going okay. Um, tell us about the US tube, mate. A, a yeah. fantastic opportunity for you guys in the preseason. You were away from home for a yeah. long time, but the chance that you guys got to go for over sure. there, play against the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Um, in terms of a learning experience, in terms of a bonding experience, yeah. what was the whole thing like? It was an unbelievable opportunity, and and really, I mean, we we talk about it. Obviously, you wanted to put on a fantastic result to try and play against the best players in the world which mm. we did um, and obviously going against the Jazz wasn't was quite disheartening and humiliating in many ways I mean you're pumped to finally get over have that opportunity and then you drop the ball and you lose by over 50 um, but in saying that the, the two or three days after that um, it was really good to put things in perspective to realise yeah like they're, they're bloody good yep. you know um, they'll challenge top three in the west and um, and then just so so like to, to look at that and go how can we implement some of the things that they were doing against us into our own style and so it was really pleasing to then go against Denver and only lose by eight and it was a real surreal feeling like I mean, you as an athlete and a competitor, you want to win every game. But like, you be you can be realistic and go like the chances are going to be. You have to play your best game to be able to beat those guys. This is one of the best ten or twelve exactly teams right. on the planet. Exactly yeah. right. So when, but then going against Denver and losing by eight, like it was a, I felt really it was a really awkward, not awkward, but even surreal feeling. Like I was like, we actually could have won that game. Like it actually disappointed. Mm. Like it would have, like you know, a few things could have gone our way, or it would have changed it. So it was a bit weird. Uh, in terms of experience, it was incredible. Like, I mean, you obviously to, to get over there. Um, for us, it was more, I think the results obviously did have, uh, you know, an importance, but it was more so about how can we get better as a group and learn and have that, uh, those opportunities to grow as a group and to learn um, how, you know, other guys live off the court, their you know, their lifestyles, their their backgrounds and because you spent so much time, as I said, we we're about there for two weeks and we just um, just came back from Bendigo and Ballarat where we were away for mm-hmm. seven days and then to head into Adelaide, yeah, you were confined in, you know, pretty close surroundings and so to be able to spend a lot of time with these guys, I think it's it's uh, immeasurable and I think, you know, from a perspective and we look at it if we win a championship no one cares that we lost by 50 to Utah in the, in the first game Correct. Um, and I think that's I definitely think we'll grow from that experience no doubt about that um, and yeah to, to go against the best and then obviously just to be in that environment to see professional um, how the professional clubs do it just you know I look at it and go like the Wildcats from a, even I talk to other players across the league and even across different sporting codes, like the professionalism from that organisation, our organisation is, is second to none. Um, you know, in terms of what they provide, the resources, the support, mm-hmm. um, recovery, whatever it is. Like you go into Utah and it's just sort of like it's like it's like a movie. Like you're like this is ridiculous. Like what they what they get. Their change room is, you know, <laughs> million dollars sort of stuff. Like it's just. 
you like can't help but just actually like sort of take a step back and go like this is like pretty crazy um so yeah it was as i said an unbelievable experience to to go against mitchell to have a barbecue at joey ingles house to then going up against a guy like that you sort of really appreciate what their role is like a jay crowder or a tory craig and sort of really see where they're where they're at and then oh yeah i loved as well was you know after a loss like that against utah just uh how um I guess upbeat but honest we were in terms of just like trying to like let's you know like obviously you know we went against them but like how can we grow and and obviously we saw that growth and I think definitely then we looked at it from the first round of the NBL season I definitely think that those those steps that we took from getting trance to to Utah to then going to an O, I definitely definitely yeah. were in place. Yeah, would have been nice to have Damo and uh, Angus Bryant in the lineup against sure. Utah sure. as well. It's just the, the style is like you can't comprehend how different it is. Yeah. Like, I mean. I laugh and we and we talk about it so many times, but even at the start, you know, you're a bit shell shocked. Like if we hit a shot initially, like we were down 15 nil off Bryce, and we had some great looks, then you know everyone sort of is a little bit up and about. But mm. you can't like we ran presses, you can't run a press because they're just too athletic, too tall, too too long. They just go over it, and we had to we had to change our style. Like I even like you know my style of play is to go after every single offensive rebound where. From the difference between Utah and Denver was like if I know I'm not going to impact, like I'm already running back. You got to get back. They're too athletic. And yeah. I mean, I, there was a funny story. I, I went to go get a rebound. Literally, I thought the ball is in my hand, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good. I'm on the stat sheet here. And yeah. the next thing I know, the ball is at halfway, and Grace Allen's hitting a three. And I look, and there's the seven foot two fella, Bradley. I think Tony Bradley's got the ball, or like he got the rebound. I was like, where even was he? Like. <laughs> And that's just the sheer size of these players yeah. and athleticism, like Go Bert. Like, you just can't... Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. That, that definitely like, came across just watching from yeah. back over here on TV. I mean, being up close with you guys and, and Angus and, and Tommy yeah. Jervis, they're big boys. Yeah, for sure. And then you see Rudy Gobert making you guys look small and, and slim and you're like wow these guys are a different league yeah it was and like we even laughed about like the very first we were saying like I joked around saying I wanted to get don, dunked on by Donovan Mitchell but like Tommy's thing was like I just don't want to get dunked on yeah. by a thing and the very first play Rudy Gobert <laughs> dunks on him and then like a big like meat hanger dunk and I'm like Oh, this is not going well. But no, nah, it was good. Loved it. Um, you know, and, and it's pumped that the NBL could provide that opportunity for us. Great to have those fans there over as well. Yep. It, was, it was really, really cool to have, uh, to share that experience. And yeah, off the court stuff as well was pretty cool to just. Um, yeah, do a lot of things that you can't do in Australia, like food-wise. You know, we went to play Top Golf, all that sort of stuff, and just to really, especially with a lot of new guys, um, it was mm-hmm. really cool to sort of have that time that you can bond off the court. Because when we're in Perth, you know, I'm spending time with family. I don't, unfortunately, you know, um, on the other side of 30 now, like you know, you can't. Hey, just let's go out for a dinner and stuff like that. I've, I've got to make sure my kids are alright. So, yep. um, to get away there and to actually, yeah, to to learn about you know Nick and Mitch and what they've done and um, even you know Reese being contract player to finally get that sort of feel was was really cool. And I think yeah, that's that's shown. Um, even Tariko, how he's bought in, I think some of that stuff is is, is awesome off the court and that helps on court. Yeah. Um, you mentioned dinner at Joe Ingles' house. Yeah. Tell us what that. I'm sure he's just got a nice little. <laughs> by Mate, one just sort of you know sort of renting over there or something tell us about the the place first of all yeah the views look pretty nice and, and right, what was that experience like? it was right on a mountain um and it was yeah we drove up there like a sort of a private estate and it was sort of funny like talking to him and then 
sort of said, how do, you, how do you get this joint? And he was like, basically, he got cut by LA and then um, literally got flown into Utah, got his, you know, got a screening, a physical, and signed his contract. Mm -hmm. And within six hours, had signed his house lease. And so, and he was already bought this house, which I think was valued about four or five million dollars or whatever. Okay. And uh, basically, hadn't really even seen the house, and that's how it was. And now he obviously just signed a four-year, $44 million deal, so I don't think money's too much of an issue. But we ended up having like a private chef from the Utah Jazz um, come across um, for cooking for us. So it was funny, like we said, oh, it's a team barbecue. So I was thinking, oh, sweet, Aussie barbecue, snags, hoping there's some like like kebabs, you yeah. know, like all that. Brilliant. If I could get a steak, I'd be pumped. Just a sausage in a bun. No, oh, mate, like I'm easy to please. And um, no, it was like first the chef comes down, like a pretty cool guy, and he's just like... Oh, all right, first, you know, we've got like kale with, you know, um, this passion fruit, soupe, like whatever. Okay. Like, I was like, this isn't a, like your typical barbecue. Yeah, like, yeah. When I'm there, my wife's saying, can you grab some wrestles, like, on the <laughs> way home? Like, um, so it was, yeah, really cool. And just to be around that. And Dante obviously came around too. So it was good to sort of have a chat. And Joey's such a generous guy. Like, I mean, he, he put that all on for himself and paid and, I mean, I'm sure a six-course meal from a private chef doesn't come cheap. So no. he was an absolute legend. I mean, he ended up donating a couple of jerseys to my charity as well, his, his and Donovan Mitchell. So I can only thank him for you know, how generous he is with his time and obviously bringing us into you know, his family's home. And it was cool to sort of hang out with those two kids too and pretty funny and um, just, just to see, hear his journey too. I mean, he obviously plays for so many years and then he's basically like a cult figure hero in Utah now and mm. he's... He's bloody playing well. Um, yes. And he's sort of, you know, you, you get so much sort of uh, attention is around Ben Simmons, you know, and obviously the efforts of him. But Joey's done a pretty good job at Utah and has solidified himself in that role. So it's good to see him being so successful, especially I played against him at under-18s um, and I always thought he'd be special. He dropped about 45 points in 14 minutes in, in a game okay. against us at National Champs. So yep. uh, I think he... The talent yeah. was there, really. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and for the listeners thinking that's a bit extravagant, uh, Joe Ingalls House and all the rest of it, one of the great donators to charities, um, just seems like an absolute ripper bloke. So he's making making mm, great sure. use of those funds. Sure. Greg, I want to ask you a couple of quick more ones about US before we get into the NBL stuff. You guys had a connecting flight from Denver yeah. to Dallas um, that was running a little bit late and forced you guys to put in some, <coughs> excuse me, unexpected cardio. Tell us about that. Oh, mate, well, we, I have never had, even in my time and going to college, I've never had a flight that's on time. And so, like, we literally were in the lounge and I was like, delay, delay, delay. And I was like, here we go, we're going to miss this flight. And um, so we ended up getting there and, and legging it to the other side of Dallas Airport, which is just tiny, only to realise it was an electrical storm. So that yep. was then delayed again. Um, and so we obviously were like, all right. And everything was closed at like seven o'clock. So I'm like, what is going on here? Um, but with that, then our basically our baggage luggage didn't come to Adelaide. So we arrived in there. Um, the only things we were rocking were the Qantas sleepwear okay. that we got. We got like a little gift pack. So literally yep. we had a training session in Adelaide. I'm the smart guy, so I pack my basketball shoes and my carry-on, hence that, because I'm always so wary that if I go on a road trip, my bags get lost. The only thing you really need is basketball shoes, right? Like yes. You, you, can put, you get a jersey, so... I are, mean, you, are you about to say you guys train in your Qantas 
Mate, there was guys uh, like lifting. Uh, I, I still vivid. <laughs> Tariko White was in. Like he had still shorts on because he had that, but he had like a Qantas shirt on. Um, <laughs> like in yeah. So as we were running down the court, like guys were like wearing Qantas apparel, and like and some guys still had or well, they had runners and stuff. So we weren't we weren't going five on five. Okay. We were doing that, but yeah, it was pretty funny to sort of be. And that's when you go from a perspective. We had just come back from playing Denver, Utah, 20,000-seat stadiums, you know, like Utah Jazz playing a stadium where Jordan is hitting game winners. Correct. To then arriving in Adelaide with no baggage playing at Forest Field (laughs) Eagles-like stadium, which I think if there was was buckets in the roof holding rain Mm -hmm. um, and going, wow, we were just... How far have we slipped (laughs) in a matter of days? Exactly right. (laughs) We're just flying over and that happens. So... Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool, but um, yeah, we were, we were nervous because I was like, a lot, a lot of the guys like, I've got, you know, off of di- uh, whatever, you know, podiatrist staff in their shoes and mm. we've got to play a game in a couple of days. I yep. have to go buy shoes, but lucky enough, we're able to get them in time. So all things worked out Not well. the best preparation no. that you were able to pull out that win in Adelaide. Last one on a US trip. You guys were over there when the AFL grand final was on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, anyone who knows Greg Hire is followed you on social yeah. media knows that you're a big Eagles fan yeah. a big Luke Shuey fan who yes. played pretty well in that grand final Yes. Uh, tell the listeners Greg how much of the grand final did you manage to watch yeah I'd love to say I watched all of it but basically a minute and a half I reckon <laughs> and uh, the last minute and a half after mate, being I woken was, up I was done like so Josh, SNC coach, made sure we had our sleep routines down packed. And for the first two or three days, I was like, I'm smashing it. You know, everything's gone well. Um, and boy, after that, it was like a delayed jet lag. I literally got two hours one night. Um, and most frustrating thing, the next night, you know, it was three hours. So I was having five hours sleep heading into the NBA game. Um, and so I literally was like, all right, I'm going to watch the start of the game. And then... I was sharing, my roommate was a big Reese Vagan, who's obviously a Mad Eagles fan as well. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I'll watch a little bit of it. And then depending on what's going on, I'll, you know, go to sleep or not. I was cactus. I was done. I was asleep with lights on, curtains up, you know, drawn open like it was horrible. And I literally woke up, Reese was on the side of his bed and he was whispering, Greg, Greg. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he's like, mate, there's a minute and a half left. I was like, what's the score? And he's like, Dom Shee just kicked an absolute pearl of a goal. And I was like, so we're winning? He's like, yeah. And then, so I was like, oh, I'm up and about here. And so I, we watched the end and we went ballistic. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to get caught out here because, one, everyone knew I hadn't had any sleep. So I was like, well, I can't start sending group text messages. And then I was like, the other thing is, I'm going to celebrate. And Reese is going to say, he cele- he's going to rate it yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't look like a fan. Yeah. So I basically was like in pure jubilation, was watching it, message all like Luke, JK, just like how good. And then literally was like awake for the next four hours. Like, Damn it. <laughs> that did not work. So unfortunately, I watched it a minute and a half, but um, was pumped. Years ago, well, when uh, Eagles played uh, whatever, I'd, I'd, I basically told everyone to get on Luke Shuey for the first goal scorer. And then this time I said, get him on for Norm Smith. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome if anyone ever 
listened to my advice. I didn't listen to my own advice, but <laughs> um, no, nah, I was absolutely perler. And I just talked to Luke the other day, and he sort of was asking if he could come to the game, and he said he has lost track of time the last two I'm weeks. I'm sure so, he has. Um, he's just had a newborn kid, and I think he might be the worst, as kind of worst dad because he hasn't <laughs> been home. But good on him. He celebrated premiership, so good on him. Yeah, he's had a heck of a few weeks, yeah. as you guys have as well. Um, onto the hoops, yep. the actual NBL hoop stuff. So all that taken yeah. into consideration, the US trip, losing his staff, you go into Adelaide, you start yeah. really well. Uh, this is last Thursday night, and then they look like they're about to run you guys yeah. down. How did you guys pull that out, and, and what impressed you most about what you put on the floor with very little from Angus Brandt? Yep, yep. Um, as I say, first game trying to gel. What impressed you about that? Yeah, win? I just think you know you had contributions across the board. Like I thought Tariko was massive, especially I think maybe the second or third quarter, he really lit it up. Mm. Um, and then Bryce obviously taking over the fourth, and then you had just a real steady hand from from Nick um, I think he had 16 and 8 which is just work, workhorse effort and, and Mitch um, was really aggressive and I mean he brought up in an article and I saw, it was a bit bizarre like looking at the end of the game and there's Damo sitting next to you on the bench and going like yeah. why aren't you out yeah, there yeah, the, yeah, one of the like best defensive, defensive players of correct. all time and, um, but then you go and you look at you know I train next to you know with Mitch every single day and mm-hmm. you're like yeah you know he, he is a, a special sort of player as well and yeah, it was just, you know, for us, it was huge. I mean, we any road win, I mean, it seems a bit strange because six of the seven teams won on the road, but it was, um, you know, you, you need to pick up those ones early in the piece and, um, you know, Adelaide obviously coming back. So for us, we really wanted to, to throw that first punch, which we did, and I just really was pleased with our game plan. Like, I mean, we put a structured game plan in place and so many times when you lose, you can't, like, the coaches can say, well... If you run the game plan and you lose, then it's on us. But if you don't run the game plan, how can we sort of review it? Whereas mm. for us, everything went to was was there. And I sort of went back to, and I never really want to um, compare teams, but this sort of was like when we we're heading into the fourth quarter, and obviously they went on that run. There was a level of, level of confidence, which is which I've sort of experienced in championship teams that we've had. We sort of said, no, I think we've got this. Like we, you know, we're getting great looks. We're going to get the right defensive possessions. And you know, even like when. I got brought into a game I think with four or five minutes left and was there asked to do a job for two or three minutes like I sort of was like just the demeanour of the group I think we've the way we've grown and the the confidence that we've we've enlisted in each other is is, is very visible um, and so yeah you know like if my number's cold and I obviously had an opportunity to hit a three near the end of the game you've, you've got to make the most of the, those opportunities and you've got such selfless guys like Bryce like as unbelievably offensively and even defensively talented as he is Mm -hmm. he makes the right plays and so you know like whereas guys may shoot a contested shot um, he will give you the ball so like you've got to be ready to to take that and you've got to be take confidence in in shooting that shot otherwise you're not going to play so yeah it was really good and and yeah really pleasing to get a a big win you know against I think a guy a team that will definitely challenge for top four and as I said I think there was contributions across the board you know Reese comes in gets two backdoor cuts really well you know Clint shooting threes where you know obviously didn't shoot well last year so guys that you know really I guess to have some confidence really early in the piece of the season mm. it was pleasing for them to see the amount of work that they've been doing in the off season and pre-season and, and now um, really 
to be rewarded is obviously as a, as a players is really nice. Yeah, those those three guys that you brought in over the off season from other clubs, it's Nick Cave, Mitch yeah. Norton, and Tommy Jervis, obviously coming yeah. back after a couple of years. Those guys, really early days, of course, in the season, but those guys just look like they're born to be Wildcats players, playing their role, selfless, sure. no fuss. Um, in the Adelaide win, particularly the screening, I thought of Jervis and, and Kay getting yeah, Bryce for open sure. for some of those shots down the stretch was massive. We, we were watching the game against the Illawarra today and I think Nick arguably could be the best screener in the NBL mm. not just you know in our team and um, and that's what we missed we missed the physical presence like that that's what Maddie was you know he was yep. you know really good defensively could but you know could get guys open and Tommy is one of the more underrated signings I think across the NBL I think just because I mean, people forget how efficient he was at Brisbane last year. Like, even when the opportunity arose that, you know, there was a discussion, like, to get him back, I was like, of course. Like, he, you know, had career highs in the less, the least minutes he's played. And, you know, and, and obviously we've seen how he was when he won a, a championship with us, you know, like how, how he backed up big Nate. Like, he, he's a formidable presence in there. And so, and he's another guy, get the ball to him in the post. And yeah, he, he's showing capabilities to, to score with his, you know, both left and right hand, but he'll pass to the open guy. And you love that, you know, as a, as a teammate. So yeah, and you talk about, I think, and you'll hear this a lot from our group. And, and this is the thing, we've really tried to invest in the culture this year, obviously, because there's been a lot of movement and there's, a, I guess, a succession plan in, in place with young guys coming through. Um, and you, you, you've got Mitch, you've got, Nick, you got Gus, like guys are going to hopefully be around the club in seven or eight years. And what we've really pride ourselves on is to go back into what Wildcats basketball is about, like that, you know, the, the Vlahovs and having a little bit of pride and playing the Wildcats jersey, but playing tough, like that's why we won championships. You know, we obviously, you know, want to make the game exciting and mm-hmm. you want to get those breakaway dunks, but if you're not successful, it doesn't matter, does it? So for us, we wanted to really invest into the legacy of the Wildcats. We, you know, we had James Crawford in, in, in America and it was good to get his uh, feel on, you know, what it was about and the culture and, and so we want to invest into that, into the Wildcats way, into you, you hear that a lot from this group. And yeah, the seamless transition, because I've always respected Mitch and Nick from an outside. I always I knew they were high work ethic guys, so I knew they would come into this group um, with no issues just because of the way their character is from a mm. from an opposition so and it's been good to see how well they have really integrated into the group and then Tariko White you touched on yeah. earlier uh, had 20 points in both of the two games the Illawarra blowout of yeah. course on Sunday you guys are two and only um, Tariko White was really important in that one sort of For from sure. the get-go getting you guys going I sort of mentioned during the week, he reminds me a little bit of Tracy McGrady out on the floor, um, the former NBA superstar Hall of Famer, yeah, yeah. in that he sort of has, he had a sort of sleepy-eyed kind of demeanor. Yeah, he can yeah, sort of just yeah. lull you into thinking this sure. guy, you know, isn't really all there. Yeah. Um, but then comes out and, and can be a bit of a dagger. He's a cool, calm customer, but he's put some nice stuff out on the floor early. It's been hilarious because, one... Pre-season, whilst it's good for guys to get confidence pre-season, um, I'm always saying it's not really a, a measure of the success of the season. You'll see guys across the league, I've been involved for 9, 10 years, guys that have 40-point games and come NBL season and they don't have that good of a year or you know the other way around, they have a quiet season, come NBL season, they're firing. It's, mm. n- it's not that. And so, you know, I had a lot of people, you know, mates of mine or even um, yeah, supporters, like sort of question, oh, is he going to be any good? And I mean, I go against him at training every single day, and I was like, no, I, I rate him. Like, he's he was a piece that we lacked last year, a guy that could shoot the ball, um, you know, come off a pick and roll, play defense, and, and, and has a great attitude. And 
with him, his, I mean, as you said, his demeanor, he's quiet. And he's not going to be a guy that beats his chest. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to do Casey and, and dunk it and stare down a guy. Um, and so maybe that's why he won't be as appreciated and loved by the Wildcats fans. But he is what we need. And, you know, we saw that. I think it was four from eight from the three-point line. Um, he was aggressive. Um, and, yep. you know, we... Cho- chose his moments really correct. well. And he, and he showed, like, against Adelaide, we needed a little bit of a spark plug. And sometimes there's been the issue that we've relied too heavily on Bryce. And, yeah, Tariko picked his moments. And um, he's only going to get better. Like, as he finds out the league and gets more confidence. I mean, he had an interrupted preseason with a knee injury. He's only going to get better. And... Um, yeah, he's exciting. He, there is no doubt. Nothing that Trace me. Yeah, he he he'll pick his moments, and there'll be there'll be games where he's definitely a game winner, you know. And um, you know, he shoots that mid range game. Pretty, he's pretty potent. But and another guy that, um, yeah, when you review a game, you see him making the extra pass or reading a play before it. Um, and smart basketball is you know obviously athleticism isn't taken into account. So basketball smarts is is mm. a huge thing, especially at this level when they're scouting all that sort of stuff. Um, and he's definitely a smart guy. So you know I think yeah I think we've got a, a, a good one in him. Yeah, um, I want to introduce a new segment called the backdoor cut. This is basically a bit of a chance, even more so than usual, for you to maybe hang a little bit of crap on on one of your teammates. Happy to do so. You've got Tom Jervis in your sights this week. <laughs> Okay. He's been terrific on the floor in his first two games, as For you sure. said. You know, a really popular member of the team. What's he done to deserve uh, you calling we, him out in this segment? You did bring up the segment, and we're obviously talking about axe throwing. Yes. And so we can say, I can basically say... This was in Denver? Yeah, yep. in Denver. So we looked up the best activities. Big Angus and Mitch actually were the best axe throwers. So for those who don't know axe throwing, it's basically like darts. You're throwing darts at a dartboard, except you're throwing axes at a, an axe board. Basically, like okay. it's five, four, three, two, one. There's like a little one, and you're literally throwing axes. Like okay. It's crazy you can consume alcohol in this that just doesn't seem like a winning combination it does and the one thing that makes sense they don't uh, accept any cash on premises which makes sense like if someone goes in and they're like I I needed money like it's pretty easy to say give me an axe I'm going to go so they're cashless someone with an axe to grind yeah yeah. (laughs) there you go but um, no so we went there team activity big Angus obviously you can expect him to throw and Alex Damien Martin, horrible, was like one of the worst. He, I think his he ADHD kicked in, like he's throwing two axes at a time. Um, but Norlo being a North Queenslander, um, yeah, he was pretty good. Um, so very fun activity. Actually, if someone wants to launch it in Perth, I'm happy to discuss business enterprise ideas because okay. I reckon it'll go off. But okay. Tom Jervis, love him to death, one of the best guys you'll get. Yes. Obviously, a WA guy. Yes. So he's a smart man but a dumb man. And why I say smart... He knows he's forgetful and can lose things, as most men generally uh, mm-hmm. do. Yep. So he tattooed his wedding ring on his finger for that reason. And obviously, we're athletes, you can't play off a wedding ring, so he always does it. You know, it's, it's, it's very symbolic and I think a very good gesture for his lovely wife, Jazz McNeil, well, yep. now Jervis. Yep. But he's a dumb man because he lost his wedding ring over the weekend. So, so he has a tattoo under his under his where his normal ring correct, goes. Correct. But and now he's lost his normal ring. Yeah. So we literally and oh, I mean, he's I'm throwing him under the bus hard, but I don't mind because I've thrown him under the bus on, on a lot of occasions. But basically, we rocked up today and he asked our team, and this is 
this is the thing that he's got to learn is like if you make a mistake you don't bring it to an open forum we don't bring it in front of the group oh yeah because they're going to heap on it they'll like, feast on that correct so we're all warming up and he goes to Brett our manager hey uh, was there anything left behind and we're like okay like what, what what could be left behind and he's like yeah like what he's like a wedding ring and we're like what oh boy and then we're like well it's a bit of an issue like <laughs> what's going to happen here and he like where did he even put it he's like oh, I hung it up on our like we've obviously got like suit racks or shirts and yeah and uh, he's left it behind so yeah so obviously there was a, an event last night um, hopefully we were joking around I was like I hope he went in there thought oh I'm going to throw this into the crowd as a celebration <laughs> like yeah I've got a wedding ring like here and uh, but um, he's got a couple but ironically there's about three or four guys well the married guys on a team Jesse I think may have, or Day, I know Damo's definitely purchased two wedding rings I was going to say Damo's the prime candidate no yeah he lose. already got he, he purchased two okay. um, so yeah like they've discussed like it's like common okay yeah practice um, bizarre but Tom's wife Jazzy doesn't isn't yet aware that he's not aware until lost. this moment okay. until she listens and she's an avid listener <laughs> okay well Jazzy if you're listening um, apologise good luck with the yeah. phone call to Tom and Tom if you're listening hopefully like, what I hope is she listens to the podcast she's, I think she's heading back to Brisbane tonight oh and so, then Tom yeah. doesn't know that she'll know <laughs> until oh, she this arrives. is going to be trouble okay it's all good, though. It's okay. all fun and games. That's what we're all about. Let us, let us know next week how that plays out. Um, time for a couple of very quick fan questions before we get out of here. This yep. one from James Katarski. I'd love to know any future plans for Sunday Deck, the unhe- unsung hero of preseason. He was outstanding. I'd love to see more of him. Sunday was a development player for you mm-hmm. guys a few years ago. He showed great potential. Yep. Went to the US. Metro State, yeah. To Metro same State. school that Jesse and Nick went to. So And has come back and sort of helped the team out and yeah. been a part of your larger squad. In yeah, the, no, the he'll, he'll, he'll remain on our team which we're very lucky to have very fortunate as just as a practice player obviously he's too old to be a development player so we won't have those opportunities touch wood um, if we have any existing or sorry any injuries pop up he'll be a prime candidate to slot back into Mm -hmm. the group but um, obviously we hopefully there's no long term injuries but yeah he'll, he'll be he'll be used as a practice player and it's good lucky to have a player of his calibre he's obviously shown through pre-season he's good enough and I definitely think he's good enough even playing with him in the SBL for, for a few games um, it's crazy I mean he went over to Sydney for a tryout uh, a trial <coughs> pardon me <coughs> and Cairns for a trial so and unfortunately didn't get a gig but we're lucky enough now to have him yeah hopefully some more opportunities open up for him <coughs> with the uh, introduction of a ninth team in the NBL Correct. next season um, and another question from James Valerio wants to know about the import situation so specifically if the team isn't looking like competing for the title at any stage does he feel the team to, does Greg feel the team would source a third import uh, and your views on that import pot- potentially taking someone's spot. So you guys are one of the few teams in the league that yep. are only using two of the three import slots. How do you feel? Uh, it's obviously a big hypothetical. But um, how do you feel that might play out as the season goes on? Yeah, I mean, that's look, that's that's a, a situation that could definitely arise. There's no doubt about it. I can guarantee from my aspect, I haven't thought about it once. I mean, it's a business in the in the, in the grand scheme of things. The Wildcats want to compete for a championship. So if there's a, a time and place where they believe that by making a, a roster change, which obviously an Australian player would get, you know, uh, moved or whatever, uh, deactivated, whatever you say, and bring in another guy, that would happen. Um, the club would definitely look into that. I mean, there, there's... N- they're definitely competing for a championship. Mm. So, but in saying that, I mean, I look at our group and I say, like, 
you know, whether you can put that in what position in a third input, I'm not sure. I mean, to, to put, a, put a little bit of perspective and for, I'll give you an insight into why it can be tough. I mean, we upgraded spots. So you look at a salary cap that has gone up in, in, in years, but yeah. if you're looking at 1.1, 1.2, whatever it is now, um, play what fans may not uh, understand is that your bottom, I think, five or six players have to be paid uh, equivalent to, I think, maybe 450 or 460 players. You're trying to fill that mm-hmm. with your bottom five or six players. And they're not saying quality players. That's just the bottom five salaries. So in saying that, if you're making moves where you've increased your uh, the, the your Aussies to make them better, obviously you have to try and where you're going to look at financially. So bringing a third import, which is generally maybe a bit more you know, not yeah. as cost effective. You're not going to get a bargain basement guy Correct. coming in from Correct. the US. Yeah. So that's what the situation um, could be, you know, and that's where. So, yeah, that's the argument. Do you go gung-ho with three imports and hope they, you know, are very successful or do you try and, you know, um, bring in, you know, a guy that might be good and have a lot of potential? But, um, yeah, it's tough. And so, and generally, like, come December or January, like, if an import doesn't have a gig like you'd be questioning why you know mm-hmm. like why does he not have a job or True. usually sometimes those imports are just getting released from Turkey and usually are on 300,000 which I don't think will have the capabilities to do so so yeah it's a little bit of it's it's a tricky one but as I said you know if answering that question yeah definitely I think the Wolks would consider it and as a player um, you know it's a business and at the end of the day you know that's the case and I mean, I would never be... If, I mean, obviously, I'd be gutted if I was a guy to lose my contract to that, but you'd only have respect knowing that the club's trying to play for a championship and you'd be upset knowing the club wasn't trying to do everything in their best efforts to do so. Um, time for our crystal ball segment before we get out of here. Mm. A fearless prediction for the week ahead. I'll, um, I'll kick off. I'm going to put the heat on Sydney a little bit here. Now, Sydney, we'll yep. touch on in future weeks. Andrew Bogut coming into the league. Fantastic for the NBL. Uh, and they've got a star-studded roster. They lost first up to Adelaide. They played a really tough one in Adelaide on yep. Friday night. I think they might lose that, and I think they might be 0-2 and two heading into New Zealand for the second leg of their weekend, potentially looking at going 0-3 and three if they lose that. Now, it's a long season, and we yep. know, but... Um, if you're Sydney and you've got that roster, you don't want to be zero and three no, after no. your first three games. So I'm keeping a bit of a watch on Sydney this weekend. Sure. You're crystal ball, Greg. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go one from a lead. I'll go two here. I think Illawarra will bounce back and have a, a pretty good win up in Cairns, mm-hmm. and which will be uh, quite surprising because Cairns, I think, have won last 14 home openers, I think. Yep. Um, and then with us, um, I've absolutely... I'm going to put one a, a bit of a weird one here, but I reckon you're going to see two players shoot four, three, Three pointers each, okay. uh, which I think Bryce and Tariko will go this week. I just feel we had a very good uh, starts to the week, and those guys shot incredibly well. So uh, the way Brisbane play, um, yeah, I think those guys might get some some looks. And yeah, four three pointers each from those two guys. But I'll be happy if I'm one of them too. So yeah, the splash <laughs> potentially splash brothers at Perth Arena against Brisbane go. on Saturday. That's all the time we got, Greg. It, thanks so much for your time, and uh, best of luck Saturday. No, it's been good to be back. And to our listeners, stay tuned to Perth Now in the West, and we'll chat to you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.